Welcome to Falcons Drip, your go-to source for Falcons news and draft coverage. I'm Thon Ray, founder and voice of Falcons Drip. Welcome back, everybody. I'm joined, as always, by my co-host, Jeff. Um, today, we're just going to kind of talk about, you know, we're on the bye week right now. We're just going to kind of jump into the state of the franchise, where we're at, what to kind of expect with games coming forward, how we feel about being two and three, and then, you know, maybe some future draft free agency type stuff towards the end of today's episode. Jeff, how you doing? It was weird to not watch the Falcons last week. Like, we've been so dialed in this year, yeah. especially with this podcast. So, like, I didn't know. if It felt like I wasn't doing something on Sunday. If some, there was, like, a void. De- definitely. Like, it, and that's how it is for- at least for me every year like i hate the i like hate the bye week because people are like oh yeah like isn't it so much less stressful yeah but at the same time it's so much more boring <laughs> it's more boring but like i'm sitting there watching red zone feeling like <laughs> i'm missing something it, <laughs> it's just like it's a whole, like a hole in my heart <laughs> mm-hmm. for sure so we're sitting here we're two and three not exactly where we wanted to be coming into our bye week i mean Looking at the schedule, we lost to the Eagles and we washed and we lost to the Washington football team. Two teams that I feel like and I felt like we should have beaten, could have beaten. The Eagles game we just weren't ready for. Washington came down to just, you know, a couple of very small different plays that we didn't make. Yeah. And that would have been really nice to beat those guys. I mean, we would have been sitting at number two in the division if if we get those two wins doing better than uh New Orleans and Carolina. I mean, even just if we'd been able to pull out the Washington game, I mean, we'd be in a good spot. Mm-hmm. Three and two is a lot better than two and three, especially with the chunk of our season that we have coming up. We're going to have 12 games in a row, no bye week because we just had it, obviously. The good news is, is we're coming off fresh against a Dolphins team that's just flew back from overseas taking a tough loss from a winless team. Yeah, and they've had a they've had a tough season so far. They've gotten beat up pretty good. Mm. Yeah, and and I like our chances. This is another must win for us. Like we've got a tougher schedule coming down. This is a team that's you know tired. They've been hurt. Um, we need to take advantage. They're not very good. Truthfully, we need to take advantage and, and pull out a win here. Yeah, I mean, if you look at at what we have left in the schedule. I don't. You could only argue that Detroit is worse than them. Other than that, every other team is better. I actually like Detroit more than the Dolphins, even though Detroit hasn't won a game. They're they're yeah. feisty. Yeah, no, they've they've brought a lot of games down to the wire. The only good thing I can say about them maybe being easier is you can kind of see that them being winless has been wearing on them. I don't mm-hmm. know if you saw the press conference with mm-hmm. the coach, and it's just by that point in the season they might be a complete mess. Yeah. Yeah, that that could be that could be huge for us. Um and then we got the Jaguars, which is another easier team, but you never know. Like if Trevor Lawrence starts turning it on, it could be a a shootout. Yeah, I have more faith in in him being better than than Tua right now. So that's mm. why I, I would say that they're a better team. I would agree. And then you look at it, you know, the Panthers, we got the Panthers twice, the Saints twice, they're both tough. The Patriots always come prepared. The Cowboys are rolling right now. Yeah, there's not a there's almost not a hotter offense. Maybe the Cardinals, but the, that's probably the only hotter offense in the NFL than Dallas. Maybe the Bills, who we also have. Although that, they didn't look great last night against Tennessee, but the Bills, the 49ers, two more tough games. So we're going to have some juggernauts coming down the pipe, and 
got to, we got to win the easy ones and we got to take a couple of wins that we weren't supposed to. And if we do that, we can, we can make the playoffs still. I'm confident that we can. I really am. Yeah, it's, it's definitely doable, especially as this team has gotten better each week. They definitely have gotten better. Like you've definitely seen the improvement. So they should continue to get better, but they need, they need to pull out Miami and they need to pull out at least one of Carolina and New Orleans. So we need to, in the next three weeks, go two and one, uh, get to four and four. That that we need to be at least four and four if we're if we're going to be playoff bound mm-hmm. this year. Agreed, a hundred percent. And then we got the Cowboys, um, which and the Patriots right at one right after another. So that'll be a tough little stretch. But hopefully we can. You know, like I said, the Patriots are beatable, and if we could squeak a win out against the Cowboys, that would be awesome. But looking at where we are right now. And just kind of looking at the future, because this is where, you know, bye week. And, and, and I'll be 100% honest, neither Jeff nor I have really dug into the draft. Um, typically, I don't like to dig into it until once the Falcons are out of the playoffs, then I have two weeks where I'm allowed to be depressed. You might not get a podcast or a post those two weeks. But, <laughs> af- <laughs> but after that, I jump heavy into the draft, figuring out who I want and kind of our needs and those kinds of things. But this week... Because there was nothing else going on, we did kind of take a look around and look at a couple of different options for us um, draft-wise. For me, before I kind of jump into that, I like to see, okay, what's this free agency class? What could it look like? And just pulling up the the list, there's a lot of good wide receivers available. Not that we would have the money for them, but you know, you could always sign somebody and really backload the contract. So the first year, maybe they're making, you know a million and then over the next few years make it much more lucrative and maybe have it and and maybe have a lot of guaranteed money with that and and when when we're looking at this like i said the wide receivers are awesome we got Devonte adams chris godwin alan robinson mike williams Cortland sutton will fuller michael gallup christian kirk dj chark i mean the list goes on and on and even like a, a another guy who's pretty good is tim patrick if we, if we need wide receivers, I feel like they're available to us in the in free agency. So I didn't look too hard at the draft as far as wide receivers go. Um, I did look at a couple of guys that I like, and I'll bring them up as we go along. We have to make a decision on our own guys, too. We have to decide if OZ or, or Gage is coming back. So you got to throw them in the list as well. Mm-hmm. It's not just who's out there. It's are we bringing our own guys back? That's a great point. Yeah, and how much are they worth? How much do they right. think they're worth? How much do we think they're worth to keep hold on? Neither of those guys have done a lot to say, Hey, we're the guy We're we can be the number two guy to Calvin Ridley. And I'm, yeah. I'm not feeling very confident in either one of them. And factoring into the wide receiver discussion is the tight ends. And it's Patterson. Hurst and, yeah. And yeah. Patterson. Like, yeah, like there's our skill positions. It is going to be very much in flux at the end of the year like mm-hmm. we could come back bring back like the same guys and we might be fine doing that if we can get them on good deals but it also could be they could almost all leave and <laughs> the only returning guys that started are are calvin ridley and kyle pitts type mm-hmm. thing yeah so it'll be interesting to see where the falcons want to go with that because like you said there's going to be a bunch of guys out there the falcons could go either way on it mm-hmm. so just kind of sp- just speaking of, of that, let's look at the draft here and let's talk about some of these guys. Right now, Atlanta, 
is we'd be picking at 12. Um, I know like some of these other mock draft places have us picking higher than that or lower, just depending on what they want to use. But our picks right now, we would be picking it at 12. And then in the second round, we would be picking at 45. And then we would have the Titans pick at 54 currently. So we're just going to kind of talk about the first two rounds and maybe some prospects that are there who we like. And for me, there's like a couple of big time names that if any way they fell to us, we have to, we have to draft them. Yeah, I I definitely have a few names as well. I think we I think we share a couple of the same. So Jeff, why don't you kind of give us a couple of the people that you have, and talk about them a little bit. Two of the guys I know that if if they're in any way available at twelve, I want them are edge rushers, and that's Kayvon Thibodeau and Aiden Hutchinson. Thibodeau from Oregon and Hutchinson from Michigan. Two very different types of edge players. Yes, definitely different. But they both, yeah, both seem like gigantic impact players. I can't see these guys not doing something at the next level. And can do it all kind of guys, right? Like, so when I look at Thibodeau, I think of more of like a Chase Young type player, long, lean, uh, muscular, uh, explosive. And then your Aiden Hutchinson reminds me a lot more of your TJ Watt, bigger, thicker, still explosive and, and dynamic, but... And they're going to be productive. And Thibodeau plays the run really well, too. Like, it's not like these guys are just pass rushers either. Mm-hmm. They don't need to come off the field, which is a huge plus to them. So Thibodeau right now is listed at 6'5", 255 pounds. Um, again, we talked about his explosiveness. And Aiden Hutchinson's also is explosive. He's listed at 6'5", 275 Right. Just different players, like I said, more Hutchinson's like kind of guy. Maybe he can play some outside linebacker. I mean, he's athletic enough that he would, but he's more of a guy you'd want to see on the edge and bumping inside, where Thibodeau is maybe a, an edge that could also play some outside backer. And I'd have to say neither of these guys right now, you know, neither of them probably fall past five. But if there's any way they did or somehow we ended up picking in the top five, like these are two guys that I would say we have to grab. And for me, edge rusher is one one of our biggest needs and two it's one of the most important positions on the field so for me that's like a no-brainer that's our red flag like must get in this draft well and if if we were talking about free agency earlier the there's not too many good edge rushers that are freeing up and the ones that are likely to be scooped up by their current team or are going to get a fat contract Mm -hmm. so for the falcons to affordably get a good guy it's through the draft. And so we could be losing Fowler this year too. Yeah. So no matter what, like we need help out opposite Fowler. Mm-hmm. So we need to just definitely target an edge rusher in the first two rounds of the draft. I, I would say have to. Mm-hmm. And the good news is this is a very deep edge class. So if we were, you know, let's say I'm all about value. Let's say the, these two edge rushers go and somebody else happens to fall to us like a Derek Stingley or a Kyle Hamilton who we can talk about a little bit or Evan Neal like one of these other guys fall to us I'd be very happy not reaching on an edge and grabbing an edge in the second round like you said if you can get a a game-changing player in the first round regardless of position you you take it but if you know and then you have to find your need in the second round absolutely 
So Derek Stingley, who I brought up, he's the LSU corner. I mean, he was locked down coming in as a true freshman in 2019 on their major run. He has been an absolute beast. He's battled through injuries last season. Um, he's up doing much better this this current season in 2021. And he's somebody who he'll probably he'll definitely be a top ten player. He could could also be gone in the top five picks. Right. So the chances of right now the Falcons getting him is basically zero. But yeah. It would be if he drops, you can imagine they just scoop him right up. Mm-hmm. We have Terrell and Stingley, and we don't even need to think about the cornerback position for the next three to six years. I mean, absolutely. And obviously, I brought up Kyle Hamilton. Another top five player, safety out of Notre Dame, 6'4", 220 pounds, literally can do it all. And he's almost been single-handedly keeping their defense in some games mm-hmm. this year. Yeah. There's almost no he's chance. incredible. I've seen him go as early as one as a safety, which is saying something. Yeah, it's it's basically unheard of. I, I don't know the highest of safety was drafted, but I don't think any of them have been drafted, number one. Mm-hmm. so. It's kind of like Kyle Pitts last year. It's, Absolutely. Safeties don't really go in the top five but very when, often. When you have that kind of freak unicorn-type player, you take him. Yeah, and it would be really weird for Atlanta to take him if he was available because we kind of have a lot of safeties and have invested in them. But like like we said earlier, if, if guys like that are available, you just kind of have to. Mm-hmm. You take you the best take player, him. yeah. And then the other guy, for me to kind of round out my top five players, not in any particular order, is I really like Evan Neal, the tackle from Alabama. And this dude is big, he's mean, he's fast, he's athletic, 6'6", 350 pounds, uh, maybe bigger, but he is awesome. Yeah, and that's that's another position I need for the Falcons, potentially. I mean, McGarry's been okay at best this year, mm-hmm. so tackle has to be thought about in the off season. And I know people would definitely say like, what about guard? What about center? Those have been even worse this year than McGarry, but you can find interior offensive linemen. We haven't done a good job at it, yeah. but it's doable. Mm-hmm. It is very hard to find tackles. So if you have a shot at a really good one, you take it. And you know, there's a couple of guards and free agency, Wyatt Teller, Brandon Sheriff, Connor Williams and who knows who's going to be available right but they're like you said you can find interior offensive linemen but got guys like this guys like guys like Evan Neal like these these are the type of players that don't come around often so any of those five guys somehow find a way to fall to us gotta scoop them up but now going into more realistic options right like we're sitting here at 12 who are some players that you like that are kind of going around this area well still uh Still talking about the defensive line, I would love it if we could pair Jordan Davis with Grady Jarrett in the interior. Mm. I think it would free Grady to do a lot more, which he already, he's already doing a lot, but he wouldn't necessarily have to eat some du- as many double teams because Jordan Davis is just a mountain of a, of, a, of a man who is also quick. 6'6", 360 pounds, and he comes off the line like he was shot out of a gun. Right, so... He's gonna need attention, no matter no matter where he goes, and having him in the middle would also free up Deion Jones and Foyer in the in the run game for sure, because he's gonna eat blocks in there too. So it could improve the the play of almost everybody in the center of the field. 
Absolutely. And, you know, I don't typically love going with an interior defensive lineman in the first round, but when you have a guy, again, another just freaky kind of guy, and if you, you can take stabs like that in the first round. And if it sets up so many of your other players, to your good players, to even play better, like it, it's a complimentary pick, like that's that that's a great thing. And I would say this, picking at 12, um, I know I'm kind of jumping all over a little bit, but picking at 12, if you have the opportunity to take the best quarterback in the draft off the board and there's somebody that you really like, um, take them. I don't think we need a quarterback right now. I think there's things that we need. And, and you and I talked about this before the podcast. There are things that we need more. Um, we've got Matt Ryan for at, le- for at least one more year. We have an ex-first-round pick in Josh Rosen, and maybe he can sit and learn behind Matt. I mean, he, these guys are first-rounders for a reason. I mean, maybe he can turn it around. I, I Unless the, the guy there's a guy there that you love, I think there's a very deep, and I would call them tier two quarterbacks. Like nobody who I would say, okay, you have to reach on this guy. But if you one of these guys falls the second and you like him, take him there. Yeah, and I think one other thing to think about when talking about do we take a quarterback or not? Matt's still very good. He's proven that already this mm-hmm. year. But could you imagine if we take a quarterback in the first round and for some reason he has to go out and play behind this offensive line mm. if we don't improve it in the right way or play on this team? Like, it could be a mess and could really ruin a quarterback um, with kind of the situation Matt's been in. Matt's weathered it pretty well. So we need to take the time to upgrade the team anyways. Mm-hmm. And so if if we have a bad year this year and we have a bad year again next year, then you take the quarterback once you've gotten some other pieces because this mm. team is not – it's not a contender right now as is so for the Super Bowl necessarily. Like it's – it'll be a tough, tough sledding to get there. So what are some of the other pieces that you could possibly see us taking at 12? Um, well, at 12, you might look at some other edge guys. I, I kind of like Sanders from uh, Cincinnati – he he fits a little better as a as an outside linebacker mm-hmm. than even the two guys uh, Thibodeau and and Hutchinson that I mentioned earlier. He he kind of fits the defense a little better in a lot of ways. I think he's not necessarily as much of a uh, elite player as they are. He's not as stout against the run. He's a very good pass rusher. He's shown some variety with his pass rushing moves, which I always like to see because it means that they're a, a student of the game in some ways. They're not just relying on athleticism. They're not just, you know, relying on one move that works all the time because in the NFL that rarely works for guys just having one move. So you want to see guys that are looking to get better and and beat guys in a bunch of different ways. And then a couple of other edge guys too that we didn't mention, considered reaches right now, but could I could very easily see them being talked about in the top you know, in the first round, possibly right here at 12. Um, that's Drake Jackson, Drake Jackson, who's an absolute freak edge player at USC. And his only, his only issue is there's times where he can get kind of, he can get kind of stuck being solely a finesse player and kind of get washed out. It's almost like he doesn't seem like he's as tough as some of these other guys, but physically has it all. Yeah. And so right now I think he, I would love him as a second round pick based mm-hmm. on what we've seen. Mm-hmm. Like I would be thrilled if he was a second round pick, yeah, but he has the potential, like you just said to rise. So he could end up being a mid mid first round pick. Absolutely. If, if, if he gets better throughout the season. Absolutely. A couple of two other guys who right now are considered low, like typical lower on draft boards that, that could end up being 
great players and possibly first round picks is Adam Anderson out of another player out of Georgia, 6'5", 230 pounds, very, very good get off, um, great pass rusher. His issue is right now he only has one move and that's kind of just the speed rush beat people off the line. And I'm not sure how great he is as a run defender because he doesn't play that much in the early downs at Georgia. But he's somebody who could very easily show his athletic ability, play more, and just skyrocket up boards. Right now, he's probably a second rounder as well, an early second rounder, late first. But I could see him end up being right around 12, depending on how things go. And then the other guy who who's much lower, and he's formerly a Georgia player. He actually transferred to Florida State, and that's Jermaine Johnson. And he transferred to Florida State because he wasn't going to get a lot of opportunities in Georgia because of all these guys, these guys we've mentioned. And there's like two other edge players that are supposed to get drafted in the top three rounds from Georgia. But, you know, he's smart, physical, aggressive, and he's really playing well in Florida State and showing that he's that type of player that could – dominate in college we'll see kind of what happens i think he's just another guy to keep an eye out for just kind of leaping up boards and possibly we could see him being a first rounder he put himself in a position to show to show off which is good for him i mean that's if you want to go from maybe drafted to a first rounder put yourself in a situation where you can succeed Uh, and then one player that is higher up on some draft boards and we didn't talk about is george carlaftis from purdue he's a very strong player does a very good job like pushing guys back he's got a great uh straight arm as his pass rush move he's he's pretty quick too more of a hutchinson than a thibodeau yes a bigger guy very strong i just worry that he's dominant physically for the college level but when you get to the nfl that doesn't tend to to work as well just being able to push guys back just being able to hold a tackle at bay with one arm as you run right by him like that type of thing is it might be doable, but it's it's a scarier prospect because he doesn't seem to show much other moves outside of just being stronger than who he's going up against and physically dominant. That's, that's yeah. basically. And th- I mean, that's the thing, right? He's a great athlete. He's explosive at 6'4", 275 pounds. And he's awesome too because he's got he's got a very high, high motor. But like you said, he's only really got one or two moves that we've seen so if he can show that he can put more thing more of this together i'd be very happy taking him at 12 but as of right now there's other guys i think that i like a little bit more than him well one position we didn't get into too much either was we talked about corner and you mentioned stingley the other i mean we could definitely go there in the first round and, and it would be a big help to the defense i'm sure nobody would mind seeing a little bit better cornerback play especially at this point at, in the season especially at 12 i mean we've got a couple of guys that could fall to us that are supposed to be high, like high single digits, low teens picks, right? In Andrew Booth, Keir Elam, and Ahmad Gardner. You don't know where they're going to end up at the end of the year because those three guys are, are pretty much lumped together as the second tier. There's Stingley at number one, and mm-hmm. then there's these three guys. Yeah. And which, which of these guys is your favorite? My favorite personally is, is Gardner. I, I like his ball skills. He's a little lean, which is a little scary. Like I'd, I'd, he kind of needs to put on a little bit more muscle, I think, if he's going to play with some of these bigger-bodied wide receivers. But he's, he moves really well, and he has great ball skills. So that's who I like personally. And I think, too, he hasn't, his production's been crazy. Yes, he's, he's very productive. And, and he does tackle. It's not like he doesn't tackle. It's just if he's going to be physical with people, it's, it's tough when you're a leaner player. I guess, and my favorite is Elam. I mean, he's 
we're talking about 6'2", 295 pounds, so very explosive, fluid athlete. For being 6'2", his ability to stop and start is just crazy. He's everything physically you could ask for in a cornerback. You notice him too, like when he went and played against Alabama, he played very well. They just singled him up against Michi, who's Alabama's number one receiver, supposed to be a first round, second round pick. And he did really well and held him to a very small amount of yards. It was when Michi went off of Elam that he really started to blow up. For Elam, where he could do a little bit better is kind of like his footwork, his positioning, his... You know, some of the fundamental stuff he could improve, taking angles, those kinds of things that would really help him. Um, and if he does some of those things, he could even shoot up higher. I, I would not be surprised to see him go in the top 10 by the time the, the process is all over. The only guy we didn't talk about was Andrew Booth Jr. And he's a very good corner as well. I don't I don't think he's would be a bad pick necessarily. Mm-mm. I just sometimes see him as, as a little bit of a slot corner at times, but that's that's just me. I would be very happy with any three of these guys. All of them could work out very well. Absolutely. And so those are just some of like the first round kind of picks that we would either of us would love to see. And then kind of going forward and looking into the second round, who are some of the guys there, Jeff, that you I mean and I guess it's kind of hard to say, right? Like it depends on what happens and who we take in the first round, but who are some second round type players that you could see and would love for us to kind of grab? Well, we, we did mention Drake Jackson earlier from USC. That would be an ideal for me in the second round in the second round though. I'm assuming if, I mean, if I had my way, we'd, we'd go defense first, either interior D line edge corner, something like that to help the defense. And if, if one of these second tier tackles, cause we talked about Evan Neal, mm. but, if there's another tackle available, such as like a Jackson Kirkland from Washington or Trevor Penning from Northern Iowa, I wouldn't hate that. I wouldn't hate getting an offensive lineman to help out. I mean, there's there's some good guys out there, and our offensive line may still need work. I mean, it's been getting better, but yeah, who knows where we'll be at by the end of the year. Yeah, I'd be absolutely fine with us taking a lineman in this, in just depending on the value, right? And we don't know exactly where the value is, but if – if there's a lineman that falls to us at two, take him. For me, it's it. It doesn't really matter what happens for us in the first round. Like there, this edge group is so deep. I would love. There are some guys: Nick Benito out of Oklahoma, Brenton Cox out of Florida. Two guys that are very, definitely different. Could be late first rounders, but if this one of them were to fall to us, Zach Harrison, Ohio state edge guy, like if any of those guys were to follow us in our first pick in the second round, I would be thrilled. Cox is a guy who showed that he has the ability to do everything, but he just takes some plays off sometimes. So if you think you can get the best out of him, bring him in, draft him, take him, challenge him, um, get Grady in his face and telling him, Hey, like, let's get this, this thing going. And then Nick Benito out of Oklahoma. He's a little bit smaller, definitely outside linebacker type, 6'2", 231 pounds. Um, he just needs to work on some of his his pass rush moves is really what it is. He, he wins a lot of times with his burst, get off, and his speed. So Yeah, I mean, I, I wouldn't – I would in no way hate even taking two edge rushers. Absolutely One not. and two. Absolutely. You could take three. I, you, if you gave me a draft of all edge, rusher, edge rushers, I'd be happy. I'd have a couple questions, but I, I don't think I'd be unhappy. I'd just have a couple questions. <laughs> Two of them are about, if you take, what do we have? 
We've got eight picks this, this season. If you, two of them are bound to hit if you take eight edge rushers. Yeah. It, it'll be nice to see Atlanta not in the bottom tier of pass rushing teams. And I know I talked a little bit about these wide receivers and how there aren't really like there's a lot of good free agents that we could take. There's a couple guys that if we had an opportunity to take in with our second pick, um, like let's say we didn't go quarterback or we didn't go, by the way, I I'd be happy if we, I'm not, and I'm not even just saying this, if we took an edge in the third round, like in, or their third picks in the second round with our, if we took another edge in the second round with our second pick, like let's say we went corner edge edge, or we went edge tackle edge. Like I'd be absolutely okay going to two edges um, or even three really. But there's some wide receivers that I like guys who probably won't be there in the end of the second round when we're picking, but I just wanted to kind of throw some names out and that's Drake London out of USC. Who's absolutely killing it. Um, and if you guys saw, he's somebody who last year I, I wanted Atlanta to get. He was projected to be a third-round pick then, but now he's supposed to be late first. And then George Pickens, the wide receiver out of Georgia, he's just another fluid – I mean, most of you guys have probably seen him. Five-star, six foot three, 200 pounds, fluid, great athlete. He just got hurt, so he's missed this whole season so far. But those are two guys that I would love if we could pick up somehow. If we do pick up a wide receiver, I, I definitely hope we've spent a couple picks on defense because if we go like offensive tackle, wide receiver, quarterback, like something like that, yeah, I I don't know that we did a good job of of upgrading the team. Yeah, you know, yeah. So I definitely want to see defense at least two out of our first three picks be defensive players. I agree a hundred percent, but it just all depends on value. Right. So like, yeah, if Evan Neal falls to us at 12, when you grab him, I'm going to be thrilled. If the number one quarterback, let's say Malik Wills is the number one quarterback on your board. If he falls to us at 45, I'm going to be jumping for joy. Right. And then at 54, if Drake London is there, who's supposed to be a top first round pick and we take him, you know, I'm not going to hate that. I mean, I'll, I'll wish we took some 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 <laughs> defensive guys, but I'll never be mad at, if we take value. I'll never be mad because you can figure it out if if you have good guys, you you can figure out how to how to make things work. But that's unlikely to happen. So in an ideal world, we're taking two defensive players, and two of them hopefully are edge. <laughs> <laughs> I wouldn't mind it, but we could as as long as there's D lineman slash edge. And, and corner are kind of the focuses. Mm-hmm. Like if we take an interior linebacker, I'm, I'm going to be questioning. I mean, maybe that means we don't bring Dion back or we don't uh, bring Foyer back. But, you know, going after a position of strength, I yeah. wouldn't love to see. And plus we got Michael Walker too. So so like one person that we that's not really talked about a ton that I would love for us to take a, a late round flyer on. And especially if we don't, if we don't, take quarterback at all and we feel like we need a quarterback um i would love if we took a stab at coastal carolina quarterback grayson mccall 6'3 200 pounds and i don't know exactly how fast he is but he's athletic he's a pretty good athlete if you haven't watched him he can make all the throws that he's making consistently not always there's a reason why he's not being talked about in this first tier of quarterbacks but he's somebody that i would not mind if we took a late round stab on yeah and i think that's if we're going to look at quarterback, that should mainly be where we look at it at this point because, like I said, we need to upgrade a bunch of, of other things and set up the team for success. Mm-hmm. Whereas if you just bring in a quarterback early, it can be very difficult. This 
Yeah, definitely. And then another guy too we could talk we could talk about is a late round pick is if we want to take a running back like a Brian Robinson. I, I've talked about him a little bit in the past too. Just to kind of do it all running back, six one, two hundred and thirty pounds. He's a senior, but he was behind Najee Harris his whole career. So he's finally starting to look good and just depending on where he would go, I wouldn't mind taking a stab at him either. All right. With that, guys, we just kinda of went over the state of the Atlanta Falcons and talked about the draft a little bit. Again, this is Thon Ray. You guys can follow us at Falcons underscore drip on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. Please make sure you subscribe, follow, whatever you need to do to get the alert for our next episode. If you guys enjoyed today, please leave us a review. It always helps us grow. Until then, see you next time. Rise up.